Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast, where we tell the true stories of the vaccine injured that many don't want to hear. These are real people sharing real experiences, uncensored and unsanitized. Listen and learn with us as we tell the stories that have yet to be heard by those who've been discarded. No preaching, no propaganda, and no judgments, just the truth. Today on Dearly Discarded Podcast, I've got a really great uh, interview lined up. I'm so excited to share this story. It's been a few weeks since we've had uh, a new episode on Dearly Discarded Podcast and uh, very excited for some of the wonderful people that I get to bring to you over the next few weeks. We've got some great ones lined up for you. Remember, uh, before we get started on this interview, that this podcast is all about the stories of people who've been uh, dramatically impacted uh, because of COVID-19 vaccines, as well as the censorship and all of the other nonsense that's happened uh, during this last couple of years that we've all lived through. It, we need you listening to share these stories and get the word out as much as we possibly can. It's the best thing that you can do to try to um, educate as many people as possible and as we'll listen to uh, as we'll listen about these stories. Also, if you have further questions about what we're going to talk about here, check out react19.org. Uh, and the good people there will uh, put you in touch with who you need to be in touch with to get the education that you need. Okay, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Caitlin and her mother, Bonnie Harms. Caitlin and Bonnie, welcome to the Dearly Discussion. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Hi there. It's a pleasure to have you. I've heard a lot about you through uh, our mutual friend, Ernest Ramirez, <coughs> sorry, as I butcher his name, Ramirez. And uh, it's uh, it's exciting to have you here on the show. Uh, first, I'd like to ask you, Caitlin, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, uh, your story prior to um, the vaccine. So I am 24 years old and I was living in Houston, Texas before all this happened. And I just graduated with my degree in kinesiology and I was training to become a strength and conditioning coach at an athletic facility called um, Fairchild Sports Performance. And I am really passionate about health and fitness. And before all this happened, I was someone who took my health very seriously. I worked out every day. I was very um, particular about like a clean diet, just taking care mm -hmm. of my body. And it was a passion of mine, fitness, and um, it's really what I enjoyed a lot. All right. And at uh, and you had you say you had just graduated college. I just graduated college. Okay. And then uh, you chose to uh, get vaccinated for COVID. Uh, which vaccine did you receive? I got the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. First dose of Pfizer. Okay. And up to that point, uh, what, what was it that motivated you to get that? I was, you know, seeing that everyone around me was getting it, I didn't assume that it was, you know, it was bad. And I was motivated to get it because I was going on a trip to Cancun and I wanted to protect myself and the other people around me. So I decided to get it just as a precaution before I was going to travel anywhere. And uh, I just didn't know what was going to ensue after I got the vaccine. Yeah, I've certainly heard that before, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, when were you vaccinated? What was the date? May 30th. May 30th of... 21 of 21 so right after i graduated okay got it all right and you only had one dose only one dose mm -hmm. and then what happened after that so i had the dose may 30th and then i went on the trip to cancun about a week after the first couple of days i just felt really tired fatigued nothing out of the normal but when i went on vacation i started to notice that i was really irritated and had a lot of anxiety. And um, 
I just thought that, okay, like maybe this is just something that I'm dealing with post-graduation. I'm a little bit nervous about finding a job and the work that I was working at, a little bit stressful. So I just like kind of brushed it off, didn't think anything of it. Well, I got back from my vacation in Cancun and um, I ended up getting a stomach virus. And that stomach virus had me out for a good week. And I had, I was vomiting, fever, just everything, the shakes, it was horrible. Well, I took off work and for about a week, and then I decided that I wanted to go back and I didn't feel fully recovered at all. Then I, I was just going to try to push through it. I was thinking, okay, maybe this is from the virus. I, I feel kind of off. I don't feel like normal. Um, they had prescribed me an antibiotic for, um, I actually had a UTI and then I was, so I took the antibiotic Cipro and after I took the antibiotic, I shouldn't have done that because it made me feel a lot worse. So I was over the like symptoms of like vomiting and fever at this point. So I go back into work, but I feel unsteady and I feel like I'm in a bubble and I feel very anxious. I feel like I have eye floaters. I'm not really sure what's going on. I'm confused. Just in my total, like my surroundings is confusing me. Light, I'm very sensitive to it. And sound, anything loud freaks me out. So I was very hypersensitive to like everything that was going on around me. Um, I, at this point, didn't know what was going on still. And I told my boss that I still didn't feel well. So I took two more days off. And I ended up going to an OBGYN because I thought it might have to do with my hormones. I was like, okay, my hormones must be off. Let me just go try to get checked and they can do some testing to see where my hormone levels are at. So I went and he did the TSH and he did a whole like entire hormone panel. Everything came out normal. And he was like, you know what? It might just be you're having like a little bit of anxiety. I was like, okay, um, let me just try to go home and rest. And then so the two days that I was off, I rested. And again, I had the same symptoms, but this time I started to feel like I was going to black out, like standing up. Or if I was moving to in my kitchen to go get something, I had like tachycardia. So like, but at the time I didn't know what was going on. So I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that, that the tachycardia was because of the vaccine. And so I, so I kept just going along with the day and trying to get through it. Right. And I, you know, I went to another doctor because I really felt like there was something going on. And I wasn't going to let that stop me from his telling me that I have anxiety, stop me from trying to figure out what was going on with my body. So I go back to work and then the symptoms get worse while I'm at work because there's just a lot going on and it's a very active environment. I'm having to work out and my body can't handle that right now. I would try to work out and I felt extremely dizzy. Mm -hmm. or I felt extremely out of breath, or I felt like I was going to pass out. So I ended up having to quit my job. And I told them, I need to figure out what's going on with me. I, I don't know. And I can't wait to see because I don't know how long it's going to take. So that's when I started to see more and more doctors. And I've heard everything from vestibular neuritis, vertigo, uh, sinus infection, anxiety, depression, all sorts of things. So at this point, how far past that uh, first vaccine were you at? So this was about two months after. So you, at that point, you should have been, if you followed the schedule online for your second uh, shot, why did you choose not to do that? 
I chose not to do it because I felt horrible. And I was started to realize that, you know, I, I can't be getting another vaccination. It's just going to lower my immunities. And obviously the first one kind of messed me up. So so you did feel at that point that the, that the vaccine might be partly responsible? I did, but I didn't want it. To, I did not want to admit it because I was afraid of what everyone would think. Because you, I was at the time. I didn't see that other people were going through what I was going through. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you had suspicions, but you didn't necessarily want to admit to those. And and at that point, I assume that no doctors had specifically said, "Hey, maybe this was because of the vaccine." No, not at all. Never. Never. Yeah. All right. So then what other, uh, well, first off, let me ask you this prior to the vaccine, you know, in school, um, any anxiety issues prior to that? Was that something that you dealt with in the past? I did have anxiety issues, but it was not as debilitating as it is now. So this was kind of a whole new level of symptoms at this point. Yeah. Okay. Did your anxiety in the past uh, bother you physically? Like, any of these other kind of symptoms? No, I never, it never, I never had any symptoms that I have now, like I did with my anxiety. With my past anxiety, I was just a little bit nervous, but I was able to work through it. I didn't experience the rapid heart rate that I get now or feeling like extremely confused and not able to, um, well, one thing I left out is that so when I was at the very beginning, about, I would say, a month in after I took the vaccine, I would have, I would have trouble like listening to conversations. It was so confusing for me. It felt like I was like trying to solve a puzzle. I didn't, people would be talking and I would just completely zone out. Or it would take me a while and I felt like very delayed when I was talking or even doing things. So just basic processing power in your brain was a challenge. It sounds it like was, it was very challenging. And it looked like Bonnie, did you want to say something? I think he started to say something. I might've cut you off. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, there's so much right to this story, but um, when she was talking about the anxiety, um, I think in the very beginning, it was so hard to know what was going on because every doctor that we saw and every symptom that we um, tried to chase per se by going to another doctor to only hear there's nothing wrong with you and um, the test would come out clear. So it was so perplexing because for many months, I would say up until the six month marker, she would say, you know, but I don't feel right. I mean, I, and I would see that she's physically having these symptoms um, and that's what was so challenging, you know, at the two month marker, remember we had to just go up to Houston and move her home. When we walked into her apartment, I mean, I was shocked I mean, she couldn't get off the couch. Um, the lights were all out. She couldn't have any lights on very sensitive to sound. And I looked at my husband, I was like, we need to get her home. And, and then she had already been to maybe three or four doctors during that time span and um, had already been to the ER to be sent yeah. home with anxiety. And so I was like, we've got to, we got to get up and figure this out. So anyway, we moved her home. So then when she would start having these, these, um, we, go, we call them flare ups now, um, she would have big episodes of the tachycardia. Well, not knowing what's going on and every single doctor telling us she's fine, all tests clear, you don't know what it is. And as a parent, you think, okay, well, I guess this is anxiety if this is what anxiety is, right? I had never really experienced that with her before. So I thought, well, maybe this is something new. So many times she would say, I'm having, I think it's having anxiety. This is not what it is. And so just to be kind of nice, I would say, okay, you know, I believe you. When honestly, I didn't in the beginning because I just thought it was anxiety. I mean, how were we to know that she had all these new developments occurring in her body? 
Um, and at the time, it was also new. No one ever even thought it was the vaccine. Anytime I brought it up to a doctor, they just shunned me away. Um, I always had a suspicion. We um, were very kind of um, cautious about it. So that was well, the hardest part is being the parent thinking, you know, I, I didn't truly know what was going on. I didn't know whether to believe it or not. And I'll never forget when she said, came to me one day and said, do you think I'm crazy? Do you believe me? And of course, as a parent, you know, you're like, of course I believe you. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, but no tests show anything. Yeah, so I think that was another difficult part. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that have been going through a similar situation, there's a lot of mental health, um, like, stuff, like, mental health issues involved when you're going through this. Yeah. At the very beginning, it was really hard for me because you have so many people saying that all your tests are normal. It must be in your head or mm -hmm. there's it's either your anxiety, you're depressed, or there's something else going on. You need to get checked like by a psychiatrist. And I did that. I, I went to a psychiatrist and, and a therapist and um, none of those things. And I was even put on an antidepressant, which ended up making my symptoms a lot worse. But that wasn't the solution to the issues. So one of the reasons that this podcast exists is to uh, try and, you know, lift um, lift the sheet off of all of this information that's been, you know, covered up so carefully by the social media companies and the mass media companies and everything else. Because, you know, I hear this over and over again from people I'm interviewing for this podcast that, you know, the tests all come back normal. And so they send you home with a diagnosis of anxiety. It seems like, you know, it, it's not funny, but kind of funny. I was at a, a lunch with about 10 people who've been injured um, by these vaccines uh, just a month ago at a, an event that we had at, at the Utah State Capitol where we were uh, fighting against uh, vaccine mandates and things like that. And, you know, somebody asked, well, by raise of hands, uh, who has been diagnosed with anxiety since this, right? And everybody's hand went up. And um, I, thankfully, I did never receive the vaccine myself. So my hand was was down, but everybody else at the table, you know, was up there like that. And that seems to be the thing. And then you get all this kind of, you know, gaslighting that happens with uh, when you're trying to tell your story and, and people just don't want to believe it. And the censorship is is a real problem because then people like yourself and the doctors that are trying to potentially help you if they're willing to help. Um, they don't have the information they need because it's all been, you know, shoved under a under a rock somewhere. Yeah. So I can certainly sense the frustration there. So you're talking uh, at about two months is when uh, you ended up going home, right? Two months. Yeah. yeah. And then at what point did you, what was it that got you really thinking, hey, maybe the vaccine really is the culprit here? What What happened with that? I saw another Vax injured video, video. His, um, his name is Kyle Warner, and I saw his video on YouTube. My parents showed it to me, and they were like, he's dealing with a lot of the same situation, the same symptoms that you have. And so I looked at it, and I was like, it just makes sense that this is what's going on. And I, I like I said, I had the suspicion before, but this just kind of like clarified that this is what's going on. I also did more research too and looked up people that were also dealing with vax injuries as well. And a lot of the symptoms align. They're very similar. Yeah. And which again is why we have this podcast, you know, um, videos like Kyle's have, have gone, you know, pretty viral and grabbed a lot of attention. Thank goodness, because we need that information out there. So people like yourself can, can have answers. It's a, a critical thing, and, and I appreciate you so much, both of you coming on to deliver your message today, because it'll be a video of you or the audio of you that uh, wakes somebody else up to, you know, what might be going on, and, and greatly appreciate that. I mean, and I, we're very grateful. I mean, I will tell you that was my aha moment when we saw Kyle on YouTube, and it happened randomly. I don't know how that happened. It just came up. It was the next video rolling. And 
um, he started talking. And when I heard what he had to say, I looked at my husband and was like, this is our daughter in a male's body. I cannot believe it. Everything that he said was ex- what she was experiencing. And I was just so grateful because we honestly, as parents, we thought we were going crazy. We didn't know what, what to do, what else to do. We felt so helpless. We were actually just coming back from a physician's appointment in, um, I think it was Houston, but we just were helpless and at our wit's end. And I remember I was crying and he was trying to calm me down. And so when we saw Kyle, it was, it was beautiful because he was music to our ears and we didn't feel alone anymore. And I remember calling her and telling her, you've got to watch this guy. Yeah, so a lot of the POTS symptoms that he has are what I have now found out that I do have POTS, um, adrenal POTS. So uh, I, whenever I do something like sitting down or standing up, I get tachycardia, severe anxiety, and then I'll be very out of breath for the rest of the day or I'll just have to end up sleeping. Um, but... Yeah, I saw that he was dealing with the same thing and what he was doing to help himself and treat it. So that really helped me a lot. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, what a blessing. So let me ask you this then. what? Uh, how long after the vaccine was that video? Six months. Six months. Six months. So you went through for six months wondering what in the world is happening with no real answers. Yes. Yeah. And then once you got that answer and it and it clicked and felt right, then how did that change your course in terms of seeking treatment and uh, help? So I was at peace, which was nice. I wasn't like in such a bad mental state. I think that really helped too. But um, I started to look more at the natural the the natural medicine. So more of the holistic medicine, function function medicine. And so I ended up seeing the first doctor that I went to was primarily doing IVs on me, just different types of vitamins, because we did a lot of tests and she saw that my EBV count was really high, the viral count, it was around 700. And um, we were trying to lower that because those EBV viral count is also correlated with the symptoms that I have too. They're similar symptoms. But she wasn't, she did not think that it was because of the vaccine. She thought that it was just the EBV. Mm-hmm. So I did a good, I think, four months of IVs. Yeah. And I just didn't see any change at all. So we, we were doing that. So no, no help, no with, help that. with that. We were just doing a lot of IVs is vitamin C, glutathione, zinc, um, just kind of Myers cocktails, just to lower that viral count. And I didn't see any improvement. So then I decided that I needed to search for another doctor and um, thank God for Brianne, which is another person. And she really helped me get on the road to recovery. Excellent. And so how did you come across Brianne? And we're and for those listening, we're talking about Brianne Dressen, uh, who is a perhaps the most well-known of the vaccine injured and uh, started uh, React 19 and is the one that uh, asked me to do this podcast. So I know Brianne very, very well. We're good friends. But how did you get to know her? I found her through Ernest Ramirez. Ah, okay. So now uh, hiding in the shadows on this recording has been Ernest. Uh, Ernest, why don't you unmute yourself just really quickly? Uh, if you don't mind. Um, a lot of people know who Ernest is. He's been, uh, he, he, he's certainly been on some videos that have blown up and he's been on stage at anti-mandate rallies. Uh, I, I've been at uh, one of those rallies with him. Uh, Ernest, welcome to a Dearly Discarded Podcast. Thank you, sir. How, how are you doing? Doing great. I, you know, I love getting these stories told, but I hate hearing these stories, you know, so it's just kind of the nature of the beast that is this podcast. Uh, But Ernest, um, if you don't mind, just for a minute or two, uh, tell us how you uh, came across Caitlin and and how that relationship formed. Well, actually, her father found one of my business cards, one of my uh, son's cards, 
at a friend of mine's shop. And so he ended up, uh, he asked my friend if I would answer the phone. They told him yes. So I believe it was on a Sunday. Uh, uh, he and Miss Bonnie, they both called me. We had a conversation for about, I believe about three hours. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't remember too well. And that's why I asked him, you know, she, they told me about little Caitlin and he said, no, I already know what's wrong. You know, it's not anything the doctors are going to admit to, you know, because they're, like I've said before, they're either going to close the door or they're going to tell you it's something mentally wrong with you. You know, you need to see a psychiatrist, which I know personally because I know thousands of vaccine injured and the way they described Caitlin, I knew exactly what it was. And that's when I uh, got them in touch with Brianne and React 19 and, you know, started telling doctors about Caitlin. And I still, actually, I tell everyone I meet about Caitlin. That way they know it's not just out there. This is right here in my hometown, you know, right here in, our, in the valley. We, we live just not too far away from each other. So this is not just something that happens to someone else. This is us, everyone. You never know. So there's some people I'm pretty sure that are affected by this and they just don't realize it or they don't know which way to look or turn. You know, there's no one out there. Look, I'm over here. I can help you. You know, I, I try to be like that with everyone. I reach out to everyone. If you know or if you know somebody injured or grieving, I always ask them, call me. So I get phone calls and text messages from all over the world. And like I said, luckily, I got to meet the family. I mean, they're wonderful people. And uh, I mean, I always, start, I always try to keep in touch with them. I, they feel like my own family now. And like I always said, I mean, I'm, I'm here for them all the time, 100%. I'll do anything for her because she's, they're wonderful. They're good people. They're trying to, trying to win this battle that they, the government pushed on all of us. What, you know, they lied to us and they forced us to do this thing. And now, since we're either injured or grieving, we're no longer important. They got their information, and now they throw us out the door, you know, throw us in the trash. And they go on to the next victim and the next one. So, and we need, uh, you know, I figure we need to stop this. We, that's why I fight so hard. I mean, like I said, I don't benefit out of it. I already lost my son. There's no way I'm going to get him back. But I need to keep fighting, you know, to help others, you know. I know that's what my son would want me to do. Absolutely. And, and, you know, through great tragedy, uh, sometimes comes great strength and, and perseverance. And you've been a, a real role model in those areas for sure. Uh, for, for so many people I know. So, um, but, uh, Ernest, you and I will do a, an episode of uh, dearly discarded very soon and, and, uh, and tell your story, but I wanted to at least make sure that we can kind of connect the dots because the reason I felt like that was important is what, what I have seen, and this, it's such an interesting thing, and people who've listened to a lot of these episodes already kind of know my story, so I won't go into it a lot, but I came at this um, eyes wide open and knowing that, unfortunately, there were going to be people like you that were going to be affected by this. Now, I didn't know what it was going to look like or how devastating it might be, uh, but uh, I come from a very... I guess you could say alternative background. And, and I was warning people about these vaccines for two years um, before I met Brianne for a year and a half anyway, before I was able to meet Brianne at the Utah State Capitol and find out that she had a group of what's now 40 plus thousand people uh, who've been injured uh, by these vaccines. And then of course, through meeting her, I've met the two of you and, and so many others. And from my point of view, it's it's so tragic because the information was available, but it was being hidden uh, from so many millions and even billions of people across the globe. And um, it was you know now that you've seen it, the the three of you I know now that you've seen what's actually happening, you can see it all, but you couldn't see any of it uh, because it was being so you know so crushed under the the fist of government and, and uh, corporations. And, and Ernest, you just told us before we started that your your uh, social media accounts have been slammed shut again for a few more weeks, you know, for just trying to share truth. Yes, sir. So it's a real challenge. And 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 I, I just wanted to bring you in for just a moment, Ernest. I appreciate it. But we'll do, a of course, an episode with you uh, very soon as well. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're willing to do that with me, I'd love it. 
Anytime, sir. Anytime. All right. So let's uh, let's jump back to to Caitlin's story here. Um, once you found uh, Ernest, and then found Brienne, and then found out that there's this big group of people at React 19, and you truly weren't alone. It wasn't just the the rare, you know, uh, Kyle or you that were getting injured. That there were, you know, thousands and thousands of people. How did that impact you mentally, emotionally? What, what, what did that feel like? It was really comforting to see that I wasn't alone and to see that there's people that are there for me that were sharing their experiences and their lives about what was going on, but also helping me towards better resources on how to heal myself. And so that was really, I'm very grateful that I found all of them. Very grateful. Yeah. And, and me too. I know there are people like you right now, Caitlin, that still think they're alone in this. Uh, and we're trying to uncover as many of those folks as we can. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And for a really long time, I was didn't want to speak about it. And I didn't want to talk to even like family members or friends about like what was going on because I was just still very in my own head about everything, thinking that it was just me. And so I feel like opening up about it has really helped too. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to help anyone that's going through this because it's, it's not an easy thing. And the more support you have, the easier it is. Indeed. Feeling alone in anything is a, a real challenge, especially when you don't see any you know, obvious answers and your life's been turned upside down in such a dramatic way like yours was. So we're now, let's see, you said it was May of 2021. We're in, uh, we just hit August now. So you're, you know, well over a year uh, into this. Uh, how are you doing health-wise now? My health has gotten progressively better. I still have some of the same symptoms. Um, the POTS is still pretty bad, but it's not as severe as it. One of the reasons why it's gotten a lot better was I was doing hyperbaric. I know Kyle did that too, the hyperbaric chambers. And I did that, I did about 40 sessions. And that helped me because at the very beginning, I really wasn't able to walk at all without getting winded or tachycardia. I'm, I still deal with the inability to do like any physical activity. Exercising is uh, something I can't do uh, for more than about like 10 minutes, really. I just end up feeling really bad and the fatigue and my... Describe the exercise. It's minimal. Oh, so minimal. when I talk about, when I'm talking about exercise, I'm talking about I'm on the floor and I'm just doing like body weight leg lifts for five minutes but my heart rate will skyrocket to 140 um just suddenly and then that just takes a toll on your body so it's just really not worth it to be able to do to even try to do it because I just end up feeling pretty bad but um thank god for the hyperbaric because it it did it did help with like a lot of the brain clarity as well and the pots but Another thing that really helped with my brain inflammation, I still deal with the feeling of kind of like, if I'm having a bad flare, I just feel extremely like weak. My body can't really handle anything. I feel like my blood pressure goes extremely low and I just like can't really, that's when I like can't comprehend conversations and, and stuff like that. But I just started on this nasal spray called Synapsis. And it's really helped with like all the brain inflammation and just like calming my the my system down. Yeah, your histamine. My histamine levels and all of that. So are you have you found that diet has uh had to change a lot in order to get on top of this stuff? That that's something that I was gonna mention as well, because I've become very sensitive to a lot of foods. So what's helped me is keeping a low histamine diet just to prevent any flare-ups from happening. Also, I'm completely gluten-free and dairy-free as well. So, so that helps a lot. Um, I was an, like an avid coffee drinker before this. I think I had like four cups a day and now I, I don't have any at all. The caffeine just like really makes it worse. And then alcohol as well. All right. 
Now, um, uh, what about uh, any other nutritional things you've done? Are you, have you found any help with supplements or any other kind of functional medicine outside of the hyperbaric and the diet changes and things that you've mentioned? Yes. So right now I'm on a protocol to help with like the POTS, the lower viral count, and just help with inflammation overall in my body. I'm taking um, a lot of supplements. The two that I've really noticed that helped was like the general fatigue that a lot of people have is called inner DMG and then ATP 360, um, which really helps me just like to function throughout the day and, and not be tired that because that changed a lot because at the beginning I was sleeping all day. So that helped a lot. And then, um, I'm also taking another vitamin for my cortisol levels just to help balance that out. And it's called cortisol V, which has really helped as well. And I'm also doing um, treatments called, so I did a treatment called MAH, which is basically like your oxygenate, they take out your blood and then they put it in a bag and oxygenate it and then run it through a UV light to kill all the viruses or anything that's toxic inside of your blood. And then they um, insert the blood back into your body. And that has helped a lot too. Um, let's. How often are you doing that? So I'm actually trying to do that every other week. Okay. But we, I'm, we have to travel. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not an easy thing to do. Probably not inexpensive either. No. Yeah. But another thing that I also am taking that I've noticed has helped is um, methylene blue tablets. Okay. That have helped with like the the lowering of the viral count, and then of course probiotics for gut. Excellent. Well, one thing that is it struck me as and, and, you know, my background, you don't really know anything about me. We didn't really meet until we did this interview, but I, I've owned a health food store for the last 30 years. So I come from the supplement side of things. My parents started the thing when I was five. So my whole life's been spent in a health food store, which is why I'm so weird. But uh, as far as the uh, supplements, you know, the, the things that you're mentioning, the, one of the reasons I ask for that, and, and I'm so grateful that you're sharing the details is because a lot of the people listening to this podcast are fellow injured people uh, that are looking for answers. And so anything that they can hear that, uh, you know, gives uh, them some potential for promise uh, for themselves is, is very, very useful. And when you mentioned that you'd been on Cipro, uh, post a vaccine for the urinary tract infection, that really uh, uh, set off a red flag for me because Cipro is a oh, nasty antibiotic and should, frankly, never be prescribed. It's outlawed in, in many countries. I don't know if you knew that. Um, we learned that later. Yeah. So I found that out because I was actually convinced that like, it had to do a lot with that. And um, I was... I looked at, I was just looking up like what it could potentially do to you. And there's a doctor in, and he was injured by Cipro, but his case was like a lot worse. It's, I know it can affect like your limbs and neurologically. And it's just, it's just a whole mess. But I looked into that and I saw that it was just, it's not a good, not a good medicine change. Well, we learned it was black labeled yeah. and we had no idea. And that's something I've even taken before. And through talking to so many people, it's very commonly prescribed for urinary tract yeah. infections and, and many others. But we were just shocked at the fact that it's so widely prescribed being a black label um, antibiotic. And that's very scary. Um, but we we know now, after kind of researching the effects of Cipro injury, that hers is not that. Um, but yes, in, in the beginning, that was yeah. a question. And that's, I think, when I started diving into it really hard, like, we've got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, so I, um, I kind of put that together after a while. They, it obviously wasn't, but taking any antibiotic just makes your gut issues worse and and it lowers your immunities too so i that didn't help me at all yeah and i would I anticipate also, at the very worst it made things or at the very least it made things probably worse uh how much worse you know who knows right yeah right yeah right well, I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you're having so much success right now. Obviously, your life is not what it once was. Your health isn't what it once was. Um, how, what are your 
feelings about recovery? How much hope do you have to get to a full recovery? Where are you at on that? I I really do think that I will be back to where I once was, and it might take a little bit of time, but I've also learned a lot throughout this entire process. I think it's helped me grow as a person as well, and also just um, I think that for anyone that does need help, I want to help be that voice and help someone. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, it, it, every challenge that comes along in life, and I've, I've certainly never experienced anything uh, similar to what you're dealing with. Um, but one thing I've learned in life is that every challenge uh, has the um, an opportunity that comes along with it, an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for uh, for so many different ways that we can learn and grow and become better and stronger because of it. And while your body has been weakened up to this point, it's pretty clear to me that your uh, your mind and your heart have been strengthened uh, through this process. And and you come off with a really nice energy energy about you. You don't uh, you don't seem bitter. You don't seem hateful, resentful. Uh, the things that uh, are hard to avoid uh, when yeah. when this has been done to you. You know, it's not like you did this to yourself. This was. This was done to you, uh, an innocent person who was, in my opinion anyway, lied to. And um, I, I honor the, the way that you're approaching this. And, and I'm really encouraged uh, that you said, yes, I do believe I'll have a full recovery because I don't believe people get there without that, um, no. without that belief and that desire. It's hard because you get stuck in what's going on, but you really, you're, mentality plays a really big impact in your recovery process so that's something that I started to realize being down about it and and you know pitying yourself or just just thinking negatively is not going to help and um, if you really believe that you're going to get better I do think that you will but I think what's so beautiful here is that um, just knowing that you're not alone you know knowing that this is real and these mm -hmm. symptoms that these people are experiencing are real and even if a test does not prove it um you know your body you know how you feel and it's important for people to understand that because we believe them we believe them we were there oh boy were we there for quite a while and that was really rough because mm -hmm. it took a a big mental toll on her, but you know, also of course her family as well, because no one wanted to talk about it. And anytime you talk to any the people that you knew or even doctors, they just would look at you just perplexed, you know, like, are you crazy? You know? So when we finally heard Kyle and then met Ernest, I mean it just it's like God just presented it all so beautifully to us. And we were so fortunate to join this family of wonderful people that have been so supportive and encouraging and have led us on to the next step of every way. So we're very grateful. But just knowing that you're not alone, that is going to get you far. You're going to heal. Yeah. There's a ton of power in that. And this, and this community, you know, the people I've met like yourselves and like Ernest and Brianne, Kyle, um, my goodness, you know, some amazing, amazing people. And the, I think, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's uh, some humility that comes along with recognizing how human we all actually are, uh, you know, with illness and, and, and people like yourself, Bonnie, watching your, your child go through this. I can't even imagine, uh, you know, my oldest daughter's 25. So you and I must be, you know, right there in that same, uh, wow. same age range. And I can't, I can't imagine watching my daughter go through this. It's absolutely horrifying. So, but, but what I have seen is some amazing strength and guys like Ernest getting out there and saying, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my life to helping people who've been hurt and, and being, uh, you know, a shoulder to lean on and, uh, an ear to hear and, 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 a voice to speak out and, and talk about these things. There are so many wonderful people in this community. And, and, and the reason that we, again, do this podcast is to try and find more people uh, that need our help, uh, that need the community and really open up people who've not been injured, who've not been directly um, 
uh, you know, associated with anybody who's been injured to know that this is real so that we can all be better versed in what's really happening uh, and more aware and more, um, more have our eyes open to these possibilities so that the, you know, the next thing that comes along, maybe we're a little bit more prepared and, and yeah. a little more aware of uh, the potential for this stuff. This was rushed to market at an unbelievable rate of speed. Uh, and as you've seen from the Pfizer uh, documents that keep getting dumped, um, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff there that we all should have been told about and uh, none of us were. So yeah. I, I, I'd like to uh, finish up this conversation by just asking uh, any of you, Ernest in, included, uh, if you have any closing words that you'd like to say, any other parts of the story that you feel need to be told before we wrap this up. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm really appreciative that I was able to talk on this podcast. And for anyone that does need any help or just advice or even to get through this process, I'm here and I'm willing to help anyone. That's wonderful. We sure appreciate that. And then if there is anything, any kind of contact information or whatever, uh, social media stuff that you'd like to share, we can uh, add that to the description for the show uh, if you'd like. And, um, you know, I, I, I do believe that connecting people like yourselves uh, together is is very, very powerful, as obviously we've seen with your relationship with Ernest. Uh, anything from you, Bonnie? We're just so very grateful for you reaching out to the world like this, because it is people like you and Ernest and Kyle and Bree and all of those out there that as parents helped us recognize what was going on. I mean, I will admit I was I was very cautious as you were about the the vaccine and um, my husband and I did not do the vaccine and our younger children as well. So I was always very cautious, you know, reading about it, researching. I my background is kinesiology as well, like Caitlin. So I love medicine. So anyway, long story short, um, yeah. So looking into it and investigating it, but yet always being turned away, turned away, turned away. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Was very hard. Was very hard. But I always went with my gut and trusted my intuition. And the day we saw Kyle was like, oh, thank you. You know, I'm not crazy because I really, yeah. it was horrible. And then as a parent, you know, your poor daughter coming to you one day, can you imagine as a parent, she came up to me and, you know, mom, do you think I'm crazy? And at that moment, I thought, all right, we, we got to get to the bottom of this because no, you're not crazy. This is real, you know, but I remember at one point she had a counselor tell her that um, it was pretty much all in her mind that she had had patients that she had seen roll into her office in wheelchairs when in fact they were not paralyzed. It was just all in their head that they were. So when she told me that, I was like, all right, sister, we're not doing this anymore. We're gonna figure this out, you know? And, and I know it, I know it in my heart. And then people like you guys, we found you. So thank you for all the work that you're doing and dedicating your lives to it because you are making a difference. I hope so. And we can all do it together. And, uh, you know, it's really just we need to blow the lid off of this thing and, and quit with the censorship and everything else and, and let people tell their stories. And so I appreciate you. I know it takes courage to get in here and, and uh, share this story and uh, know that, uh, you know, the, the, the world to some degree is going to hear it. Uh, and I appreciate your your willingness to do that and your time to do it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Ernest, did you have anything else you wanted to close with or are we good? Uh, we're okay. Like I said, I appreciate you, you know, giving Caitlin a chance to tell her story. I mean, I've been pushing her for a couple months, I believe. I'm glad she finally decided to do this. <laughs> and anyone that's listening, if like she said, they need to reach out to somebody, they're always welcome to call me, text me, whatever. I'm not a doctor, but I'll try to lead you in the right direction to get you as much help as I can. They can also visit uh, my son's website, uh, Junior's Guardian Voice, J 
JRS, Guardian Voice. I even have an application on there. If you're injured, you're grieving, fill it out. Let me know who you are, and I'll try to get as much help as I can for you, you know, because we're all in this together. So, yeah. Excellent. You said it's Junior's Guardian Voice? Yes, sir. Junior's Guardian Voice. J-R-S, Guardian Voice. Dot com. Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll put that link in the in the uh, uh, description for the show as well. Thank you for that. Okay, well, to all of you, your your amazing people. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, thank you, Ernest, for uh, reaching out to this amazing family and and uh, being willing to help them figure out where where they're where they need to be to to get the answers that they need. And uh, let's just keep uh, sharing. The story and getting as many ears to hear as we possibly can. I appreciate your time joining me on the Dearly Discarded podcast. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Dearly Discarded podcast. We encourage you to help break through the silence and share this episode with your friends and family. It's time for these stories to not only be told, but to be heard. For more information, head to react19.org and dearlydiscardedpod.com. The Dearly Discarded Podcast is produced by Jared St. Clair and Michaela Hyde with support from React 19. We'll be back next week with another true story from one who lives it. Until then, join us on Team Humanity. Keep an open mind, seek the truth, and share these stories. Most of all, Open your mouth. Silence won't change anything. React 19 needs your support. We're a grassroots nonprofit created by the COVID vaccine injured for the COVID vaccine injured. React 19 provides physical support through scientific research and physician referrals, financial support to those most in need for uncovered medical expenses, and emotional support by growing a community that's focused on compassionate advocacy, hope, fellowship, and improving lives. We can only do these things with your support. Your donation is tax deductible and any amount is greatly appreciated. You can also sign up for automatic monthly donations. The vaccine injured have been marginalized, censored, and discarded, but they have not been broken. Help them rise to the challenge today. Visit react19.org for more information or simply text the word REACT to 50155 and donate via text. <laughs>